the Danger Junior Chubby's Room was sponsored by Chonkers for Rent. Need a sweet little blubber boy for your whale party? How about something exotic for your messianic power orgy? Or maybe just a porker temp that's funny to watch struggle in the office? Call up Chonkers for Rent and owner and sole operator Bill Marr will personally describe all the little puff pastries he has trapped in his office and you can rent one of them. You know, walk them around, give them a little treat, anything you want as long as it isn't sexual. We'll hear more from them later in the show. Hey y'all, so we got a couple of hiccups for this episode. Uh, Unfortunately, for the first two-thirds of the show, my microphone wasn't recording at all. Something about it achieving sentience and immediately hating the sound of my voice? I don't know, they don't really feel like filling me in until after the funeral. Well, luckily, we got it working again later in the show. So about um, halfway through the sketches, I come back on. Everyone else still comes out great, and we love this episode so much, it was prime content. We decided to air it as is, but re-record all of my lines in the sketches. Long story short, my audio is absent for a lot of this week, and I sincerely apologize. But based on the fan mail the show's been receiving, some of you might actually like the break from my, and I quote, Voice of the Pied Piper, except instead of rats coming to you, it's children throwing themselves off a bridge in order to get away from you. Thanks, Mom. Alright, with that out of the way, let's get back to the writer's room. Hi, welcome to the Danger Junior Writer's Room, the show where members of the Danger Junior comedy troupe and their friends get together, talk for a bit, write some sketches in an hour, and then we do some cold-ass reads. Read it for the first time. Cold-ass reads. Mm. What's colder than being cold? Ooh, my ass is cold. Ooh, and shivering. (laughs) This is temperature. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm one of the hosts, Austin Zesson, I'm going to... Introduce the rest of the hosts this week and ask them the question, what is their favorite french fry? Mine is crinkle cut. Come on. What? Come on. It's crispy, but also soft. No, come on. Okay, so I'm going to, so it's not my favorite type of fry, but I am going to defend it because. And this is Logan speaking. We're introducing Logan. This is Logan, and they've listened to all six episodes up to this point, guys. They know exactly. No doubt. Every human's voice on this podcast. I'm not defending Austin's French fry anymore because he just interrupted me while I was talking. And so now I'm going to say my favorite French fry. I'm just kidding. I'm in a bad mood. I'm grumpy. Um, Crinkle cut can be good. Crinkle cut is almost often done poorly, like almost always done poorly. It is the most high and low French fry. But when crinkle cut hits... Mm -hmm. Yo, when crinkle cut hits... It's with the shits. You know what I'm saying? What's your favorite, Logan? My favorite kind of French fry is probably um, just when you take a full potato and then you freeze it overnight and it's hard as a rock and then you wake up and then there's like uh, maybe like an armadillo in your backyard. You just slam that bitch with that ice cold potato and then he learns never to come on that backyard ever again. Or to just stay away from potatoes. <clears throat> yeah. Amen. That's my favorite kind of French fry. Not really French fry, but we're going to move on. Blake Brown. Hey, I'm Blake Brown, and my favorite French fry is definitely the Chick-fil-A waffle fry. And I know that's controversial, but I don't actually give them my money. I find somebody who actively hates gay people. I give, I have them, Mm -hmm. I guess I'm giving them. Yep. 
Yeah. Yep. I just like Chick-fil-A waffle fries. Yep. And I steal them from the company. I've never. Secondhand fries. Never, ever. This is what I do. Can I tell you what I do? Ever bought waffle fries. Can I tell you what I But I steal them. What? Yeah. Because I agree with you. They're good fries. And this might actually help you out. Don't read that yet. Don't read that yet. I was... (laughs) I wasn't reading it. I can't you, even read. I, I go to the Chick-fil-A parking lot, and I wait for the boomeriest, buzz-cut, like, Buzz Aldrin-looking dude to come out. I punch him right in the stomach. Mm-hmm. I punch him right in the stomach, and I say, this one's for Kamala Harris. Yes. And then when he bu- and then he'll barf, and I, I turn my head down like Polly Shore in the, was it the pest, when he turns his head upside down under the soda fountain, and I catch all that regurgitated fry. It's not a sweeter nectar in all of all you, of my You baby Olympus. bird it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who is the the boomer? The most what looking guy? Buzz Aldrin. He's one of the astronauts. Oh, the guys on the moon. moon. Yeah. Buzz Aldrin's pretty cool though. Yeah. No, he's a cool guy, and I don't Shout mean to disrespect to Buzz. you, Buzz Aldrin, but a lot of dudes but that you are know rocking you your like. hairstyle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I bet. I bet Buzz Aldrin wears Oakleys. <laughs> yeah. Come on. The white Oakleys. Uh huh. And now we got on that. Jimmy D. Yes! All right. <laughs> my uh, my favorite, I think my favorite French fry is the French fry I like most uh, after al- an alcohol, which is, uh, I like the well, the circular ones. Curly oh, fries. Oh, God. Curly really? fries. Yeah. With the, ca- like a they Cajun. Cajun seasoning. Crisp, you know? Yeah. yeah. All, all of them. Okay. Yeah. Any of those. All right. Yeah. Megan Castleberry. Um, I pretty much like all fries. There's not really a fry that I don't like. Really? Because you made a really sour face when I said crinkle. Well, yeah, because like the mushy ones, like from like high school, like crinkle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but if I had to pick like a specialty fry that's like a true, a real treat, um, is there's this place in mine and Logan's hometown called Jenkins. And they serve sweet potato fries, but with a cinnamon dust over it. And then they give you cinnamon butter to dip them in. Bro, what a treat. So, like, that's not, you know, that's a, that's a dessert. That's not really a French fry. Um, but it is, it is a treat. And so it's up there at the top of my list. Can, can I change my answer? Yeah. Um, it's actually now Whataburger fries, but only specifically oh. if you grab 10 in your hand and then have spicy ketchup and you dunk them in there. Oh, my God. The bundle. Mm. <laughs> the bundle. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany actually ridicules me for doing that. I just inhale fries because I, I mean, you have to do that. Who eats like a fry one at a time, dude? Like an idiot. I mean, if you're eating like <laughs> waffle fries, you eat one at a time. Those are giant, though. I, I'm, I'm it's sorry. So large. Not like shoestring fries. Yeah, the shoestrings yeah, yeah, yeah. like one at uh, a time, dude. You need to get more things to do in your life. I dislike curly fries, but I hate shoestring fries. Really, like steak and shake fries. I like to eat steak and shake fries with a fucking fork, dog. Put Does that shit in your mouth. Like put like put a French fry on an ice cream. Cone? Oh yeah. Oh, oh like like when Wendy's when you get those fries mm-hmm. and uh, the frosty. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, guys bro. do that. Oh, what yeah, I bro. do, I go to Wendy's to get the frosty, and then I I take it over to Chick Fil A. Dude, I was gonna and say I get fries there. I was gonna say I go to Chick Fil A, and I I get so I love their ice cream. And not only do I do it with the waffle fries, honey, I do it with them chicken nuggets. I put the chicken nuggets in the ice cream. Chicken Shit. nuggets the nugget in a the, shake. I put the nuggets in ice cream. Where is the line, dude? Yeah, where is the line? I'm dipping Pretty the whole soon. burger, baby. <laughs> Somebody give me a baconator quick. 
Okay, boys, this week, I want to know, here's the question for the week. I want to know, what's pissing you off right now? Mm. What is something in your life that has made you angry? Made you angry. Well. Any any takers? Any takers to go? I'll go. Okay, go ahead. Um... I uh, I spent the whole day. I, this is my day off, um, and so last night. Well, really, all day yesterday, I had a particularly shitty day. And the good thing about shitty days is you can go to bed, and usually, you can wake up the next morning, and there will be some sort of realignment. You're you're definitely going to feel a little bit better, maybe. Yeah. And particularly or specifically for me uh my day off backed up to this shitty day so it's like great no sweat and i wake up and i set some goals for myself and i didn't do any of them and nothing makes me angrier than inefficiency oh my god mm. you're speaking my language my day off yes. oh my god blake inefficiency brown <laughs> I don't want that nickname, but today I have it. We could call you Blake Productivity Brown. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. That's why the fuck is so good, because there's like a list. Yeah. There's yeah. like a schedule. There's a time. Yeah. He respects people's time. He's punctual. When when he hits you with the when he hits you with the quiet fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's he, at a minute thirty. It's seconds. coming from a place. Blake, it's so good. Do it again. Fuck. <laughs> He's coming from a place. Good bro. fuck brown. That's a um, Balrog of Morgan. Okay, so you're inefficient. Yeah. Today. So that's I mean, that's it. And it's small. But it's like, for me, things uh, spiral very quickly when I've had too much caffeine, and I had too much caffeine. I drank a lot of caffeine because I'm thinking, I'm going to be productive. We know this. Let's turbocharge that a little bit. Who's yeah. we? You and your me productive, and, Blake? Me and myself. Okay. Me, myself, and I. Um, no, I'm including I get that. you. I'm including all of us. We know. Blake, we. I feel like we probably relate to each other a lot in that I really want to do cocaine mm-hmm. um, because of the same <laughs> reason that you were like, I want to be productive. It's dope, it's like, dude. I want to get fucking <laughs> hyped up, but I like can't because I know I'll love it. Right. Yeah, that's the thing about caffeine. It's yeah. like if you have enough, it's similar. But the problem with caffeine is anxiety and i have anxiety mm. so it's just like i don't have anxiety oh it's just like backs up so um yeah when i when i had all that caffeine and i set out to accomplish my goal of of writing transitions for this podcast and i didn't do it i had an an anxiety attack and um was yeah it was terrible so i'm pissed about that and just uh you know Chick Fil A. That's what I'm pissed about. Oh yeah. I think that's mushrooms, is what you're oh, talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I have ADHD, ah, so I'm I'm definitely yeah. self-prescribing caffeine because I don't take crystal meth, which is what mm. Adderall is. Is. Yeah. My mom, Blake. Shout out to Big Pharma. My mom has a hypersomnia, which is essentially the opposite of insomnia, right? So it's like borderline narcolepsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for a long time, her doctor gave her an Adderall prescription. Oh, yeah. Um, you I'm, stopped eating, huh? N- nope. Oh. Um, <laughs> but That's she. A side effect. It was, yeah, right? It was like really weird because 
my whole life I knew my mom as this very like tired woman because she has this disease where she always is sleeping. Um, and then she got this Adderall prescription and I remember one of the, like in the first week that she was prescribed it, we drove from our hometown to the Biltmore, which is about four hours. And I kid you not, she talked straight the entire time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you were like, two That's words, so mom, two words, so funny, amphetamine yeah. salts. Yeah. Yeah. Adderall's a fucking crazy shout drug, out. dude. That's a- shout out to Riddle. Shout out to Vivance. She was only on like the smallest <laughs> prescription too. And she's a big woman. Mm. And... It, it like tore her up, dude. It tore her. It's like she was a fucking crazy person. Yeah. Adderall. It'll do it to you. I took it in first or second grade for the first time. Turned me into a They fucking, put you on it in second grade? Yo, know, I was, I was, I was and doing, he was like, I was they, doing meth. They came into his bedroom. <laughs> through was, grade school. He they, said I was doing meth. They came and into his bedroom. downhill from there. He's got full <laughs> raccoon eyes, no shirt, and dingy jeans. He's listening to Chopin, the pianist. Friedrich Chopin, and he's just brushing on his wall yeah. with watercolors. Heavy for like, four days. And it's yeah. beautiful. It is a masterpiece. Really wide-eyed. Yeah. yeah. His mom comes Emaciated. in. She's like, Thomas? <laughs> and he's like, don't call me Thomas, mother. <laughs> I Accurate, go by Blake yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow, that's So that's crazy. my day. Uh, I don't know. It's small, but it's frustrating when it's like your day off and you can't. Yeah. <sighs> You know what I'm pissed off about right now, Blake? What? This is very superficial. Um, but I'm I'm pretty pissed off about the fact that I am just a terrible hip hop dancer. <laughs> I'm really bad at it. So I started this choreography project back in March when the world shut down. Um, because I was like, I'm bored and I don't want to be a bad dancer. I need to keep training. So I had people send me songs that they're like, I would like to see some choreography to this. And a friend of mine that I did a play with in 2019 um, sick, recommended this song to me, Sweatpants by Childish Gambino. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a cool song. Yeah, I like Childish Gambino. I love that guy. You mean that one that's like sweatpants, hair tied, chilling, chilling with, with no, no makeup, makeup on. on? Yeah, that's the one. Um, a man wrote that. Yep. <laughs> um, and I was like, that's a cool song. I could totally do that. Um, and turns out I know zero things about hip hop. And when I try to do it, I look stupid. That's wild. Um, I would have guessed you were super well versed. Your completely German demeanor. Oh, yeah. Everything. All that. All those years <laughs> yeah. of ballet training. I would oh, have yeah. totally guessed. Mm-hmm. You were yeah. natural. My, de- my college degree <clears throat> in musical theater. Oh, yeah. Really brings in the hip hop. Um, so last night I'm in my garage and I'm trying to choreograph a hip hop number. And I just, I would like stop and laugh at myself because I was embarrassed and there was no one watching me. And it's pissing me off. Yeah. Maybe I it just be takes good. practice. I mean, yeah. Should we, or, I'm sorry guys. I did like a, an encouraging thing. <laughs> stop. I didn't, I thought about doing it for Blake and I was All like, downers. that's not the point. All stop. So I, I'm sorry. No. You All know downers. what? I want to change my answer. That's I'll what never I'm be mad good. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never be a good hip hop dancer. No matter how much practice Jimmy, I put I like into this, it. I like this bit even more now. Cause I didn't realize Jimmy was struggling with not being <laughs> positive. <laughs> I literally was like, maybe we can just do attainable goals. Blake. <laughs> one attainable goal <laughs> but then i just... jimmy what's pissing you off right now um i'm feeling pretty good today guys actually 
Uh, Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I had, I had like a moment before I even came in, and I'm like, I, I'm just gonna walk in with a positive attitude. You're fully vibing. Oh, totally and yeah. then we. I'm so sorry, Jay. Yeah, shit it's on fine. that. What do you feel good about today for? Um, yeah, I feel like I got. I, I'm, I'm getting into a groove of you know some things that I want to accomplish. Sorry, Blake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Productivity <laughs> D. Name checks me. Keep my name out your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I just uh, <laughs> I just started uh, up. <laughs> he's so tickled. He's he's fully tickled. Uh, I can't even say it. <laughs> I just started hip hop dancing. <laughs> Shut it's, up. It's going, Are you being for real? It's going really well. Yeah. Yeah, they say I'm a natural. Shut up. And I swear to God, Shut dude. Up. They're like, dude, are you? They're like, we thought you were a, you know, a regular. Yeah. A regular. A regular hip hop dancer. Yeah, we thought you were big coming here for years. Yeah, and, and I'm just like, no, it's my first class. Yeah. Like, that's cool, I guess. Where so. Uh, hip hop studios. Yeah. Downtown. Multiple. Off hip hop, hip hop street. Yeah. Uh, hip. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, that intersects with um, Fourth Street, right? Uh, it's Fourth and Hip Hop. Fourth and Hip Hop. Yeah. That's what I thought. Is it right next to the hip hop clubs? Yeah. That Austin has. It's All really. It's really Austin's convenient. Hip hop club is booming. Mm-hmm. It's Scene. booming. Yep. All right. Logan. You want to tell us what's pissing you off? Today? Here it comes, boys. No, what, no, but here's the thing: is what I'm really pissed off about is so just a little bit of context for you guys. Like, like not even an hour before we started recording. Not even an hour before we started recording, I get a call from my sister who I don't talk to super often just because I don't know like we used to be a lot closer just we've grown apart as the years go by and like I thought that was like an okay thing to do like I thought that's what human beings do is just like as you grow up like I like playing guitar I like accounting bye you know like we like I don't know but anyway she called me and I was like oh this is gonna be a little treat you know what I mean like I get to here talk to my uh, my older sister and see what wisdom she can impart upon me because she's experienced more life than me right I'm so excited for this treat. The first thing she says on the phone, do you know what your trashy wife put on Twitter? That's me. That's literally, I was like, hey, what's up? Do you know what your trashy wife put on Twitter? I'm you like, guys, she's um. talking about me. And what's funny is like, I don't really look at Twitter ever. Like I tweet, I'll go like, you know, just like throw up on my keyboard and be like, ah, <laughs> Jews. You know, like, and then ah. just like to send it out into the world. Like, yeah. Um, but, um, I don't re- so I had no idea what she said. Well, you need to keep better tabs on your wife, which is like, okay. <laughs> okay. Ben Shapiro. Am I, right? <laughs> um, I mean, you're probably, she's probably right. I'm a little out of control. Yeah. Yeah. I need to reel my wife in. She's been hanging out with her boyfriend all day and I've been sleeping on our other twin size mattress we got in the other room. Let yeah. me tell you, um, no, so she's yelling at me, and then she goes just like zero to one million, like fully one million, so much so that it's like her words, it's not even, it's just, it's like, it's like freeform jazz. It's Ooh, like a, it's nice. like a Paul Desmond record, but at two times the speed, it's like, 
That's what she sounds like, but angry. Like if. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if and if MC Ride from Death Grips was was. Shout out to McRide. So she's doing that to the point that I just like hang up the phone because it's like you don't want to talk to me. You don't. You hung up on her. I I hung up on her. She was like like fully screaming, and Logan couldn't talk at all. And she just, like, yeah, he like, put the phone down on the table, and she just kept talking as if he had it to his ear. You played at her. She was hysteric. Yeah. Hysterical. I was like, sister. Yeah. <laughs> my sister. I was saying her name, but, you know, I'm not trying to get my sister doxxed. Um, and uh, I was like, hey, look, if you don't, listen, if you can't talk, I'm going to hang up the phone. Like, if you want to talk to me, you can talk to me. But if you don't want to talk... Like, you just want to yell is what you want. You want to yell and you want me to hear it because you've been stewing. You've been thinking and you're hysterical. I don't, like, I, I don't even, so I, I found out the tweet that she was angry about, which is, so my family does this thing every year and it's funny. It's like, I, I literally don't get, like, why they're, it's a funny thing they do where on anyone's birthday in our family, um, everyone will post about it. So, like, if my little sister's birthday, it was a couple weeks, uh, sorry, it was one week ago, exactly little sister's birthday um they will my dad will post something my mom will post something my grandma will post something my aunts will post something your sister my sister will post something everyone i have a big family they'll all post something and the funny little idiosyncrasy that they have is they will tag everyone in it so like it's like 40 people will get tagged in like 40 posts right so then that happens 40 times a year right it's funny. It is funny and a little bit strange. It's a bit, or it's just funny because they do it that well, way? Well, it's not a bit No, for they're, them. Yeah. they're like doing it almost to like make sure you remember that it's their birthday and because they're like really big on family. Mm-hmm. And so when we got married, they started tagging me in the post. And so I was almost like, oh, this is kind of cute. Like, and I was like, like used to it. Including but she was like, me. So like I was used to it because, you know, I grew up in that family, right? But then she's like... Um, Oh, this is weird. Why do they why do they all tag everybody? Why do they do that? And I was like, ah, oh, I don't know. It's just something. It's just like do, something right? funny they do. It's kind of cute. It's kind of quirky. So Megan puts a tweet that was like, on everyone's birthday, um, on, on any time in anyone in Logan's family's birthday, they'll everyone will post a tweet and they'll tag everyone, everyone in the goddamn family. And it was a joke. And it was supposed to be like it's silly, right? Mm-hmm. It's not an insult. There is there is nothing insulting about that tweet whatsoever. I, I literally like cannot find the insulting part of the tweet. She calls me hysterical. Over, I hang up the phone. Over that tweet. Over that tweet. Yeah. My 28-year-old sister, who has a day job. Like, that's the hardest part about all this for me is like, because I, ha- I got my mom called me as well, and she was also event. She started out, and she was like feigning disinterest and like feigning like, "Well, your sister's angry, but I'm gonna try to talk to you." And re- but eventually, she broke and and fell into hysterics as well. And the thing that that, that really just gets me is like, you're, you're a grown up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are they angry about though? They're angry. They think I disrespected them. They think that they've been disrespected. They think they can't. They think that Megan hates that they do this, and that it's such a bother that she has to write his goddamn family, right? And it's like, like they think that by using an expletive that I was angry at them yeah. instead of using an expletive to emphasize the joke. Right. Gotcha. It, yeah. It's just like a punctuation word, right? 
And so they're like, we know that you live your life the way that you live it. And we don't ask anything of you and we don't get involved. And, you know, I had to delete my Instagram because I can't stand to see the kind of things that you post because of the life that you're living, which it's okay. You do what you do. It's like, you're insulting me right now. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, look, I'm a grown up. I'll, it rolls off my back tomorrow morning. I'm going to eat a cookie. I'm going to drink a coffee. I'm going to write a play and I'm going to have a good day. Right. It, I think what really gets to me about all of this is that there are so many issues in the world. <laughs> I, I think in the last week I've probably slept like on average each night, a maximum of four hours a night. And that's a, that's a gross maximum. Just like watching videos about Jeffrey Epstein and just oh, how yeah. did he get away with that incredible crime? And the fact that like, there are plenty of other people that are getting away with it. And then my family has to call me and fully insult me about the way I live my life. Like it doesn't matter. It hasn't ever mattered yeah, no, I just, you know, I just bummed out, honestly, just at like, like, um, like hysterical behavior in a time where people need to be aware of themselves. Yeah. Um, and so also just like farts and balls and like big saggy titties and imagine slapping them around uh-huh. and then like, uh-huh. yeah, you slap them a little bit of milk comes out. Yeah. And then you realize it's not a titty at all. It's a big old fat cow. And you see the cow and you, and you slap its udders and you shoot a little bit of milk right on yeah. a little kitty cat. Mommy, give mouth. me milky. Yeah. Mommy, give me cat, milky. The kitty cat's not a kitty cat at all. It's a little it's a little forty five year old accountant and his name's Doug. And he pays you twenty dollars to have your your best friend Tara dress up like a cow and you squirt a little bit of milk out of her into his mouth and he pretends to be a little house cat. All right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good and pissed. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break yeah. from our sponsor this week. And when you come back, it'll be an hour for us. We'll have some sketches we're going to read right out of the back. Okay. Bye. Mm, my ass is cold. Hey, y'all. Just taking a quick break from the show to tell you about our sponsor, Chonkers for Rent. Although Chonkers for Rent was founded and mostly financially operates in the Cayman Islands, I've been paid to tell you that they are a 100% American company, strictly due to customer demographics. Our Chonkers are super versatile and can thrive in any environment you throw them in. Well, put them in. You can't really throw these flappy webbies around. <laughs> Bill Maher originally wasn't a fan of fat people, but two years ago he realized their true purpose, your enjoyment. Listeners of the show get premium access to Bill Maher's personal stash of hubbies. Just call her right into a show with the key phrase, Give me your private stash of little fat boys, Bill Maher. I know where you keep them. And he'll let you into his basement. Nothing sexual. Alright, now back to the show. Nothing sexual. Man, right. I really like that one. <laughs> you can't... You know, you really can't throw those slabby wabbies. <laughs> you, you, you got you really that right. Can't. Yeah. Uh, All right, we went away for an hour. We're gonna do some cold reads of our sketches and then talk about them. What we like, what we don't like. Really get into the writer's mind and get into the writing process. Megan, you're up first. Yeah. Okay. So, um, this sketch uh, I titled "A Little Family Love as a Treat." Um, we have Austin 
who's going to be playing Mommy. We have Logan, who's going to be playing Brother. Blake will be playing Sister. And Jimmy will be playing Daddy. Daddy. Are we ready, boys? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, and of course, I'll be reading the stage directions. Mommy places the last dish, a whole chicken with the carving knife on the table, and joins the family seated, ready to eat. Let's pray. Pause while the family grabs hands and bows their heads. Our Father, who art in Washington, hallowed be thy name. May Amazon come to my front door as it is in Medina. Deliver us this day our daily cardboard and forgive us our overdue prime fees. As we forgive those who are late to deliver, lead us not into democracy, but deliver us to the regime. Amen. 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 Mommy begins loading her plate full of food as brother, sister, and daddy wait patiently. Sister on her phone. Daddy, did you see the new American Girl doll? She shows him on her phone. It's the 2020 model. Her name is Blatney. She comes with her own face mask, her own Disney Plus subscription, her own riot gear, and her own starting a devastating wildfire for dummies book. Can I please get it, Daddy? Sister, you know better than to beg. What do we say? I solemnly swear to apologize. I apologize. So help me, Zuckerberg. Yes, that's right. She returns to her phone. Mommy's right, sister. Now, Mommy, the kids are hungry. Mommy nods her head and takes a large bite of food and begins chewing quite intensely. Me? Me? Me first, Mommy. What did we say about begging, brother? Father Epstein taught you nothing in sitting quietly, did he? Mommy, having yet to swallow, gets up from her chair. All three family members open their mouths facing the ceiling. Mommy baby birds the food into sister's mouth. Mommy, I want milky. Uh, Give me milky, Mommy. Mommy, I think he's had enough meth for today. Don't say such things, Daddy. Poor brother needs his meth to make his little wainy wainy function. Isn't that right, brother? Brother nods his head. He looks at Daddy, and Daddy gives a sigh and a reluctant wave of the hand. Brother leaves his chair, kisses Daddy on the mouth, and proceeds to sit in Mommy's lap. He is scratching horrendously. Mommy takes another large bite and chews. Daddy, cousin posted that she doesn't even believe in Bezos. Why not? I want to be just like him. I want to have everything in the whole world. As you should, sister. You remember what we taught you. Mommy spits her bite into Brother's mouth. They all sing, Brother with his mouth full. Baba Bezos, have you any food? Yes, sir, yes, sir, already chewed. You are not people, you are not real. You are just little ants I squash with my heel. Baba Bezos, have you any pence? Yes, sir, yes, sir, already spent. (laughs) <laughs> the cops are here. Oh, hush now, brother. That's just the meth talking. I'm going to be constipated. Gross, brother. She takes a picture of brother in mommy's lap. Mommy tries to calm brother down with shushes and soft strokes, but he is full tweaking. She pulls out her big mommy milky titties and forces her teeth into brother's mouth, and he calms. Mommy, don't you think your baby brother just 
just a bit too much. I think it's time that we wean him off the meth and mother's milk and he come along with me to fetch the month's water rations. Start teaching him what it means to be a man. A man? Daddy, please. You are going to get him riled up again. A man? A man? Oh, for Buffett's sake. The cops are coming for Daddy. Mommy Milky will be all that save you from the flesh-eating, greedy nature of the lizards. Man must hold to Mommy for all the time he can, or be taken to Morta by death. Daddy no likey Mommy Milky no more. So today, Daddy learn how man be in brother. (laughs) Brother jumps on the table and grabs the carving knife and charges at Daddy, managing to plunge the knife directly into his stomach. Mother screams and lunges for Daddy. When in one fail swoop, Brother slices both breasts and Mommy's milky and Mommy's wine violently spew out, covering the room and everything in it, while Brother holds his mouth open to the sky and drinks. Mother falls to the floor, having been taken to Morta. Brother slumps on the table. Do you think I should get the blatant doll with blonde hair or brown? The end. Blackout. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. That was like Idiocracy Part Two. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah. That was crazy. Wait, did Idiocracy have a grotesque maiming? Oh yeah, yeah titty, titty in maiming second, in the sequel. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. yeah. So <laughs> I liked you it think? a lot. I yeah. think that it perfectly captures the American dream and the nuclear family all in one. Thank you. Um, I love it. Yeah. I love the world you have built. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, it's going to... If I have a chance to go back to this one, I would, want, I would definitely leave more of this, of this world. You know? Let me show you a world. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier, before we got on mic, you asked me, is it okay if I got political? And I think this is just, it's perfect. Yeah, I think this is more like social than it is political. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not really, I mean, like, you're not. Yeah. yeah. I say we dial it up. Okay. Let's make it political Easy. right now. Yeah. What are your political views? <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, tune into the, the Danger Junior podcast with the boys from TN to find out. Yeah. Yup. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, honestly, I don't have too much to say about this one. I, I, um, I'm like kind of, I'm kind of like scrolling through it, looking for like, um. I guess. Uh, I think you should have like one more. I guess like small nugget scene. Like a beat yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it definitely kind of goes a little quickly. Yeah. Like, it, like, cause, cause you, you introduce this concept that the brother. You know, he's getting twacked out. Yeah. And I kind of felt like I had just enough time to understand what that truly meant. But I think for people that, like, don't spend all their time on, like, r slash conspiracy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, right. like, for, like, if we want any sort of, like, muggles to really get the full context of the sketch, there might be a little bit more explanation than yeah. needs being done. I was trying to go into, like, because one of the things that, that you know, Austin, you mentioned last week and that I... I feel like I critique myself the most on is that I'll have an idea for something. And as I start writing, it like fleshes out in my head. And so then I have too much mm-hmm. and I end up focusing on the wrong things. Yeah. So like the thing that you said last week about like, you know, we can understand exactly who a character is with one line is like, that's what I was going for. It's like banking on. Yeah. 
No, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, there's a lot more that I want to, f- to, to put yeah. in there and like, you know, fledge out. Yeah. But my only critique isn't one of like character issues or anything like that. It's literally just like a timing thing. Like, it, and it's a good sketch. It stands on its own. It's just like, if it were going to be perfect, it just, you right. just might want a little bit more of like, um, time for him to be constipated. Yeah. Um, also I will say, um, We've only had a few of these so far, but I'm really wary of them, especially in this medium, is the um, everyone singing at one time or everyone talking yeah. at one time. Just because, like, so that song is hilarious. Like, that song is really, really funny, um, but I think it might take a little bit too much concentration to understand what it is we're actually saying. And I, we've, I, like I said, we've only got, like, three, so I, I'm not, like, by, by no means do I have any sort of expertise in it. Um, but it definitely might, we might want to be wary of that kind of bit. Yeah. Of that kind of thing, because I want people to hear what you said. You know what I mean? Let's, go Let's move to on to JD's. Jimmy. Oh, shoot. Nice. JD Fly, okay. baby. Uh, so this is a two-parter. This what? is the old back and forth. Okay. And uh, I think Logan and Blake, beach. I would like to do this. Okay. That's what I want. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. A 1980s Pontiac Firebird screeches in downtown Seattle. The driver is wearing a brown leather jacket and listening to Led Zeppelin. She has determination in her eyes. There are two duffel bags in the back seat. She screeches up to a sidewalk and yells at a nearby pedestrian. Quick, get in! What the hell? There isn't much time. You have to get in the car with me now. Why, no. Who are you? The male pedestrian sees an explosion 300 yards away. All around them, there's panic, and people immediately start to scatter. There is a distant yelling and screaming all around them. We don't have time. You have to come with me. There's going to be another explosion. The pedestrian looks around him and gets in the car. They speed off away from the explosion. Is this the end of the world or something? Far from it. You see those duffel bags in the back? Yes. Yes, I see them. I need you to grab the kitten out of the bag and give it this peanut butter. Gaber hands Franca the peanut butter. Mm, Yes, there appears to be a kitten in here. Listen, if you don't follow my exact instructions, this kitten isn't going to live, and more importantly, Seattle, and maybe the world is going to explode. My name is Franca. I work for Little Debbie's Treats. Like the dessert pastry company? Yes, exactly. I don't want the world to end. I just moved to Seattle. I don't have a girlfriend, and my family doesn't understand why I left my hometown to pursue an arts career in lobotomy. <laughs> you're, you're a lobotomist? Geez, you guys are so creative. I should bring you around to the shop sometime. You'd love little Deborah. Yeah, maybe we can exchange contact information. Ah! Franca swerves as they almost hit a nearby pedestrian. The streets are flooded with debris. Ash is falling from the sky, and the skies are turning black. They speed on. Years ago, we created the ultimate pastry. It nearly killed all of the lab humans. We went through thousands of lab humans. What race were these lab humans? No time! Anyways, we knew we were getting close when the lab humans started to levitate. Incredible. We thought so, too, until one of them could turn people's fingers into french fries on command. What kind of french fry? (laughs) Curly, waffle, you name it, babe. That could end world hunger. Now we're cooking with vegetable oil. What was the pastry called? We called them stale butter kittens. Each batch became more potent than the last, and the lab humans became too powerful. They became vengeful. 
There was nothing we could do to contain them, unless we give them a taste of their own medicine. The kittens. Bingo, Papa. <laughs> by kittens, they were made. And by kittens, they shall return. All of a sudden, they almost hit a zombie-like person, missing both arms as they swerve into a ditch. Explosions echoing in the distance. They exit the vehicle, damaged and bruised. Are you okay? Yes, I feel nothing ever. Oh, here comes a group of the lab humans now. Oh, we are so screwed. Quick, we've got to jam all this peanut butter into these kittens' mouths. These kittens are very large. Yes, I've been feeding them strictly peanut butter since their birth. It's become very attached to them. Uh, th- th- that one there is Levite, and that one is Pinata, Waker of Nations. The, the lab humans are 50 feet away, levitating and approaching closely. Their eyes are a burning purple, and they have french fries for fingers. They are getting closer. This is it, Pinata. She breaks down, knowing this is the last time she will see her array of very large kittens. She is hysterical. Oh, why did it have to be kittens? I know what to do. Gaber begins to shot put the kittens Olympic style at each lab human with stunning accuracy. A few exploded before they make contact, but Pinata sticks one of them and the lab human is turned into a mist. Gaber methodically destroys every lab human with the large kittens. The race. The what? The race of the lab humans. They were thinkers. (laughs) Stupid. That's like a, that's like <laughs> that's like those um oh what's the guy Garth Brooks uh posters yes. they see like when there's, there's only, only one, one race, race and that's mankind the human race yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were thinkers <laughs> and I think that's the message yeah that is the message is that we're all <laughs> yeah. Jimmy did you know that. Um, the Little Debbie Factory is in mine and Logan's hometown. Really? One of the bigger ones. I think there's oh. a few, but one yeah. of like the biggest ones, like nice. the major ones. Do you know Debbie? Do you know Little Deborah? She actually, I think um, she yeah, did live I actually here do. I I do know Debbie. Um, uh, Debbie Sheiks. What's she like? She's a choir singer at Westmore Church of God. Is this real? Also not not the real Debbie. I mean, no, her name's is she no little? It's either Deborah. It's either the Little Debbie or. The Wendy's girl, one of the two, because they're both gingers. With pigtails. With pigtails. Braves, yeah. But um, one of the two, and I think it was Little Debbie, is actually um, lesbian now. Yes. And so she lived like near us for a long time, but then they were like, You got to get out. You got to get out. Wow. Yeah, so. Your hometown's so much fun. Yeah, it's really cool. Anyways, Jimmy, I really like your sketch. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. It was really fun. Um, yeah, man. I, 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 here's the thing, Jimmy. I wanted Gaber to be um, like, you know how in zombie movies, there's always the one guy, he has a long sleeve shirt on and they are moving from one location to the other. And when they get to the secondary location, he like holds his sleeve up and he has a bite and then he covers it back and he's like, I'm not going to tell them. It's like, I want Gaber to be one of them. Mm -hmm. What are they called? Zombies. The lab humans. Oh. Um, And not to tell... Franca like I want their relationship um yeah like he's got a rapper or something in his yes or yes something. Yeah. I want their relationship to be heightened yeah yeah actually I really like that if like he did have a rapper in his pocket and she was like what's that 
You've been eating little dibbers? Yeah. yeah. Dude, your voice, I love for it. I was trying to do like um, Jodie Foster and then that one actress whose name I can never... Frances McDormand. She was yes. in uh, Burn, Burn After Reading. Mm. That's her name, yeah? Oh my God, what a wonderful or, woman. Or even if Gaber doesn't isn't a lab human, but is like someone important, like he's the mayor of the city or he's like just something to heighten well, I their relationship. I like the idea of hiding the rapper mm-hmm. into an even bigger mm-hmm. than a possible joke. Was that a little Debbie treat? No, I only fanny made chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> a little Debbie treat. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, I think it was great. You, you got in early. That's what I tried to do yes. this time. Yes. Yeah. yes. I really like how we went kind of balls deep on the world building yeah. this week because mm-hmm. the buck doesn't stop with my sketch either. I, oh, the buck yeah. Stop. No, I, okay, cool. So I'm excited that we kind of all went, um, really in on the yeah. world building here, man. I just love, and I think like, I love the, the idea of like uh, when she's talking about, um, that they killed all the lab humans, assuming that they were like testing the food. Right. Yeah. Um, like I think that there's some jokes in there about like, you know how when they test makeups on, um, rabbits and shit and like, you know what I mean? It's like all of those kinds of factories that do that kind of testing. Like that's what that put me into. And I was like, this is so funny, dude. Like mm-hmm. I loved it. Yes. Yeah. Did, uh, did I have a lobotomy or am I just a, lobotomy artist, a really bro. dull, Lobotomist. You are, I think you would have had a lobotomy, and that's okay. why I like. In, but I would have loved for people to be like, "Ah, oh, he's so interesting." In the and like, just <laughs> yeah. like your character isn't, but like in this world, you are like for some reason. It's amazing. Lobotomy. The lobotomy is guy like, doing that procedure amazing. on yourself in the lobotomic arts. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's called a self-portrait, is what they call that. Is, uh, yeah. What? That's a joke, by the way. Nobody does that ever. I don't think anyone. Maybe that's one guy ever did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, dude, you were like, what? what? <laughs> what? Just send me the link to that YouTube video. Like, <laughs> what if at some point Gaber starts having feelings for these kittens, and he's like, oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah, there should myself. there should be like, like the height <laughs> of the that. movie. Like Gaber has a slight emotion. Oh, that would something. actually be a really funny bit. Is that she can't do it, and then he can't do it, and he's like, I've got to do a self lobotomy on the fly. I'm starting to have emotions again. <laughs> I gotta go deeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so when reason fails, when, oh, wow. oh, I That's forgot about title. this. Oh no. Um, Megan. Oh no. <laughs> you're Slavaj Zizek. Okay. Uh, okay. Logan, you're Jordan Peterson. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> Austin, yeah. you're Jordan. I mean, you're a Slavage's wife, Tara. Okay. I don't. I assume that's her name. Definitely be a woman. I like the Valley Girl thing you're doing. I don't know if it mi- oh does it. Yeah, I don't know if it <laughs> yeah do that. Do that. Do that. Yeah. Do that. Uh, Jimmy, you're Brian. Cool. Um, you're a CIA agent. Okay. So are you. Logan. <laughs> and I, I will be reading these stage directions. All right. When reason fails, a pair of CIA agents are overseas coordinating their next hit. One of them is having an anxiety attack. You, you can't do this right now. <laughs> you don't get it, man. I'm the worst fucking agent in the entire CIA. You're lucky. You don't have to deal with this shit. 
I am dealing with it right now. You need to calm down before he comes home. Calm. Calm down? How the fuck am I supposed to do that? Fuck it. I'm drinking a scotch. Brian gulps scotch straight from the bottle as John shakes his head. Jordan shakes his head. (laughs) I need you to be quiet before you blow our cover. He's going to be home at any minute now and he's he's not going to be home alone. Fuck. Fuck. All right, all right, I'm good, I'm good. There, see, I knew you had it in you. Now, get ready, our target is a persuasive one. You must not let him talk. The pair of agents crouch behind a sofa, aiming their silenced Glock 19s down the hall towards the front foyer. The door unlocks and opens as a shrill voice rings out. Honey, I'm home. The agents look at each other with confusion. What the fuck? I thought you said it was a man. He is. That's his wife, Tara. What do we do? We need to sneak out the back door before she comes over here. The two agents start to sneak across the living room towards the back door when they hear a clip-clop across the hardwood. Honey, where are you? I'm wearing my special outfit. The two agents quickly duck to the other side of the couch, narrowly avoiding her line of sight. They see a skinny woman in her mid-forties coming into the room dressed in a very realistic pig costume. (laughs) <laughs> the door opens as Slavaj Zizek enters. Oh, hello there, my beautiful wife. Come to me, you voluptuous beauty. <laughs> so, is Slavaj in the room? Is he, is he here with us? <laughs> the two kiss passionately as they move towards the couch. Jordan, they're moving over here. Do not Panic. Brian panics, dropping his service pistol in the process. Slavage stops kissing his beautiful wife and <laughs> investigates. Jordan and Brian leap up from behind the couch and roll into the adjacent parlor. Who's that? I don't know. Get me my gun. Which one? Grab me some milky cow and call Stefan. From the other room, the agents plot. JP, he's grabbing a gun. We've got to go. I'll handle this. Do not move and do not listen to what he has to say. You have a lot of nerve coming into my home, Jordan. Interesting rhetoric coming from a communist. Regardless, here we are. You want to kill me and I want to defend my beautiful Tara. If I may, we don't have to kill you. Just come with us into our headquarters. We've been given the gift of reason and logic. Surely we can talk things out. We're not that different, you know? Jordan strikes Brian with a swift blow to the head, rendering him unconscious. You should have listened to your friend. He was right about us not being so different. I will not share similarities with any individual from the radical left. Your time has come. Liberal attitudes towards the other characterized both by respect and a openness to it and an observance of fear of harassment. In short, the other is welcomed in so far as the presence is not inclusive. I may not be a liberal, but I do find your presence to be rather intrusive. It appears we've reached an impasse. You must fall. So be it. Enjoy a pleasant trip to the eternal good luck. Slavash bursts around the corner with his rifle, littering the parlor with bullets. Jordan strafes right into the front foyer, returning fire with his silenced service pistol. 
Jordan is hit several times and collapses. Jordan Peterson dies. The true success is not only strangers to say subsistence, but also even more perhaps the ruthless lynchings. You gotta finish it. You have to finish it. It's so long. Yeah, it's a it's a slapwash <laughs> zizek monologue. You have to finish. Just ruthless education to annihilate leading those who made them victims. This is terrible news for you, for your compatriots unconscious by your hands, no less. No one is here to annihilate me. Good night, Jordan. Several hours pass and Brian starts to wake. He finds himself lying on the couch. Stefan Burnett greets him with a scotch in hand. They begin to hip-hop dance as Slovak... <laughs> <laughs> They begin to hip-hop dance as Slavage kisses his wife. Mm. I forgot about the hip-hop dancing. Jimmy, did you get all that? Did you, get, did you hear all the... All the... <laughs> oh, yeah. In my head, I was like, man, that accent is kind of uh, hard to... Kind of hard to understand, but it's it... Slavoj Zizek. <laughs> 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 I, w- I don't understand most of what he says in the real Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great, man. I really enjoyed that. Um, that yeah, was that good. that was really good. I thought uh, I thought maybe honestly, if if you wanted to stay really true to the character of Slavaj, you honestly could have given him like seven more pages. Of <laughs> I, I, so I was have... already just copying pasting yeah. quotes into it and then like adapting it to it. Uh-huh. Uh, I should have just been really liberal with that. <laughs> yeah, that's like the that's like his biggest problem is he just never shuts up. <laughs> so are they there to discuss with him or to kill? To kill him. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I yeah, thought. Jordan okay. Peterson yeah, I, wants to kill him. Yeah, he says when Brian's like, I'm the worst fucking agent in the entire CIA. Like, that, okay, cool. I thought that I was reading it correctly. I just. It, it could be a little more clear, I think. I mean, like, it's still, like, fun, like, super fun to read, but I think as far as, like, narrative goes, like, because I, oh, I, yeah. I was like, they're going to kill him. And then I, I was just, like, having fun reading it. I wasn't really, like, you know what I mean? Like, so. Uh, what? Why is my voice echoey? What? Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I really, uh, I really enjoyed the scene. You got in there. We were immediately understood yeah. what was going on. I was yeah. fucking boss of the walls. Megan had an interesting. Accent. <laughs> yeah. uh, you mean the a real spot accent? on yes. Slavoj Zizek impression? Is that what you mean? Well, he also has like he goes like goes to the high and yeah. then comes back down. So that's oh, the only right. and he rolls his R's too. You're Peterson. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peterson. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think the only thing Brian's like I'm the worst CIA agent. I wish there was like a little bit more of payoff for Ryan. Yeah, I was uh, I was definitely uh, rushing, and I also didn't know what the that. fuck Are you I rushing was writing Because I was going to have them assassinate Jordan Peterson, mm. uh, but I couldn't make it work. And then I was like, "Oh, they should." I I like the botched assassination attempt as like yeah, I like the slapage yeah. on the end comes out on top because I also yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> no man, it was great. <laughs> yeah it was I, I really liked the dialogue I thought the world was like as big as it needed to be yeah a hotel room with like yeah. all the action happening like right yeah. in between the characters you know yeah. like yeah it was really cool I liked it a lot it'd also be super easy to shoot like yeah. crazy easy to shoot well we'd have to get a Slavja, Slavaj Zizek costume <laughs> yeah I feel like we we probably could just get a guy and just put him in a wig 
You know, what, <laughs> you know what I think they should do is I think that that they should we should film this sketch, and then we should pay an exuberant amount of money, so that whenever people think that they are going to the movie theater to watch the latest Chris Nolan film Tenet, they just watch this. They would like it better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then we just play it backwards. I think, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I think this is what Chris Nolan was yeah. going for. Yeah. And I think you really got it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watching Slavoj Žižek talk backwards is just like watching a guy drink a gallon <laughs> of water. Megan <laughs> it would just backwards. be like it would just be like normal English. <laughs> He's just drinking a gallon of water. <laughs> drinking water in reverse. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's go to Blake. Uh, Logan. Ooh. Logan sketch. Uh oh. Horny jail. That's the first note you wrote down. Yeah, that's also the horny jail. Yeah. Story's been done so many times. <laughs> Your three notes. <laughs> yeah. Um so Caleb is the character that has the most lines. Um I'm thinking who thinks that they would feel comfortable doing just like a a scared thirteen year old boy? Like Oh no. You wanna go for it? I'll go for <laughs> it. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, for the most part, he's just like confused and scared, and he's a protagonist here. Um, I would like to play Tyler. He's uh, Caleb's older brother. I love playing the older brother and be like, "We fucking doing, dweeb." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I want to do that. Um, let's see. We also have first cop and second cop. I'm gonna read second cop because it's one line. Um, and then first cop. Megan, do you mind doing first cop? Sure. He, he has two lines. Yeah. Um, and then. There's Horny Tony and Carlos, and I will read for Carlos. Megan, do you mind reading for Horny Tony? Sure. So you're First, first cop, cop and Horny, Horny Tony. Tony, and then do you mind being Hank, Jimmy? Hank is like, um, Hank is kind of like, um, what are you doing around here, kid? That's like, that's how I would read him. Like a teacher or something? Get out of here, kid. Okay. That's what he's like. Yeah. You're in too deep. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Gotcha. So that's, that's Hank. So, so Caleb... Okay, Tyler. Uh, actually, Blake, read first cop. Or sorry, read second cop and read Carlos because I'll just read stage directions. Okay. So each of them only gotcha. have one line. Each of them gotcha. only have one line. So you're, you're a cop and then you're a guy named Carlos. I'm Carlos. Um, horny Tony, and first, first cop. cop. Everybody got it? Yep. Got it. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Sweet. Um, so this is my sketch. It is called Horny. Um, <laughs> a 13-year-old boy, Caleb, sits at a computer obviously trying to be inconspicuous about what he's doing. Behind him, his older brother Tyler is sleeping on their bunk bed. Caleb watches whatever it is he's watching when an ad for some porn game plays, and it's really loud. He tries to shut it up, but the sudden sound wakes Tyler. What are you doing, Caleb? Uh, Nothing, just watching some music videos. He scrambles to close the window, but the computer is slow, and Tyler sees that he's watching some thirst trap twerking video on whatever the equivalent of TikTok is in this alternate word world. What the fuck is this? It's, it's just a dance video. It's cool. Tyler takes the mouse from Caleb and navigates to Caleb's profile, where he finds that Caleb follows this one specific thoughty, thick-thigh dancer. He's been super active on her page and in her comments. One of the comments even mentions subscribing to her OnlyFans account. Caleb, bro, what the fuck? Are you a simp? No, uh, uh, no. Oh my god, do you have a boner? Mm. Bro, you're simping for thoughts on the internet? I'm calling the cops. What? I, I didn't even break the law. Not those cops, idiot. 
Tyler is already on the phone. Almost as soon as Tyler puts the phone down, two men with bulletproof vests, mustaches, and pink fuzzy handcuffs break through the window on ropes and land in the boys' bedrooms. Everybody freeze. We're the Atlanta Thought Patrol. Which one of you is Caleb? Caleb raises his hand. You're coming with us! He cuffs Caleb with the fuzzy handcuffs. Am I going to prison? No, kid. He takes off his glasses. You're going to horny jail. No! Caleb yells as the two cops drag him out of the room through the broken glass. Tyler sits down at the computer, cracks his knuckles, and presses play on the video. We cut to a nervous Caleb in prison garb, making his way through a crowd of large, imposing, statistically men, but also more women than you might think. Hey, kid. Caleb turns, confused, looking for the voice. Don't stand there with your mouth hanging open, kid. You're a 13-year-old in prison facility full of sex criminals. It's mostly adults. Where are the kids? Now you're talking like a local. You didn't get the rundown? No. All the kids usually hide in burrows underground until nightfall. It's the safest way. You got a shovel? Mm Mm-mm. Well, you better find one. A good place to dig is in the garden by the library. No one here reads books. We're all too horny. He points in the general direction. Now get lost. Hank starts to walk away. Wait. Wait. Kid, get out of here before someone gets too horny. Hank points at a guy. Look at Horny Tony. He's getting a crazy look in his eye. You're on borrowed time. How, how, how do I get out of here? Well, in that one regard, you're actually luckier, a kid. Adults can never leave Horny Jail. But since you're a minor, and it's probably just puberty, after a few days, the warden will post your bail on Wayfair.com. And if your parents are good for the money, the warden will ship you home in a fancy cabinet. (laughs) Got it. Uh, But what if... Caleb uh... is interrupted by a ferocious howl. Too horny! Horny Tony pounces, but is stopped by a few of the inmates. One of the inmates grabs Tony's face and looks into his eyes. Look at me, Tony. You're better than this, brother. Come come back to me, Tony. Look at me. Hank grabs Caleb and ducks out of sight. When they're safe and away from the yard, Hank smacks Caleb's face. Listen to me, kid. I told you to fucking run. If I tell you to run, you run. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, yes. Keep pulling shit, making trouble, and they'll never post your bail. Horny Tony's gonna be on ice by tomorrow afternoon. They won't post my bail? You're goddamn right. And then the only way you'd ever get out of here is by killing the warden. Who's the warden? I've never seen him. Jesus, kid, you really don't know? No. It's the last remaining Jeffrey Epstein clone. What? I thought the Clinton dynasty hunted them all down after the Tyson Chicken Communist Party's (laughs) revolution in 2034. Not all of them. The very last one was a snitch. He ratted his brothers out, and for that, they put him here in charge of every rapist, wanker, and 13-year-old kid looking at porn on the family computer. Caleb thinks for a while. We... we have to put a stop to this. What? We have to get them out of here. What? You want Horny Tony and his boys to escape? No! no. I mean the kids. I'm totally okay with Horny Tony and the other adult sex offenders being in prison, but I'm trying to free all the children that are also in prison in the same facility. Which is an insane premise, by the way. But kid, (laughs) that's impossible. Oh, yeah? Yeah. As long as the Warren's alive, he never let you get away with it. The prison is his only source of income. He needs people to be in jail. Well then, I guess we're just going to have to kill Jeffrey Epstein. Caleb puts on a pair of glasses, picks up a a shovel, and starts digging. (laughs) 
Yeah. To be continued. Yes. Cue the King Gizzard. Wow. I like when he says, my favorite line is, He'd never get you let a, he'd never let you get away with it. This prison is his only source of income. He needs people to be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, Loved the, it, dude. Thank you. Yeah, that was really good. The um, the Wayfair bit was fucking <laughs> very <laughs> wow. Yeah, that communist. And the Tyson expected. chicken. Mm-hmm. Oh the my Tyson god. Tyson chicken communist party's revolution of twenty thirty four. Yeah. 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 I also like. Um, you know, the opening scene is very like. I mean, I never. I I'm a girl. I you know whatever. Um, but I have a brother. Come yeah, the fuck okay. me. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But it's very. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, you know yeah, they girl. Yeah. 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 Um, you've seen Brighton Beach. Uh, no. No. No one. No one. Brighton Beach memoirs. No one's seen no. that. Well, I don't watch your dumbass. No so one has seen it, Megan. <laughs> okay. Very famous play. <laughs> Very, very famous play. I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a writer. I would have heard of it by now. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Bully um, Megan. To me, this <laughs> seems like... <laughs> to me, this seems like uh, the 2020 version of the Brighton Beach scene um, where the two brothers... Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember that scene. Um, and I so I liked that it then took like this turn of tyler being like oh i'm just gonna turn you in yeah um you're going to horny yeah jail. instead of him being like <laughs> yeah like instead of it being like a, i'm gonna show you the ways of like incognito mode and mm-hmm. like all that kind of stuff um that he's like that's why i think curve. i think this sketch could actually take place in the same universe as yours because like the older brother is obviously indoctrinated just yes. like everybody else you know what i mean like the kid learned the lesson the hard way yeah what are you doing kid nobody gave you the rundown what yeah. if what yeah. if these are all in the same universe? Oh, I yeah. kind of I feel thought like they could be. They yeah, could be. I kind yeah. of thought they were. Um, Logan. Yeah. I I have two questions. First, yeah. is a small note. Tyler sits down at the computer, mm-hmm. cracks his knuckles, mm-hmm. two pumps of Lubiderm. Yeah, and presses. I actually yeah. literally had that in mind, and I forgot it. I no joke. <laughs> I, in my in my head, he presses uh, uh, thing, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I did actually forget it. I, what, I thought what's of What's your roadmap for the rest of this like sketch? It says to be continued, but like we're in your head. Not, do you, I'm you not going to tell them. I'm not telling them. Oh, okay. We can cut it. When I say to be continued, mm. I mean to be continued. Okay. Cool. All right. As yeah. long as you know, brother. Next week on Danger Junior Writers Room, they crack Epstein. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They solved the whole they thing. All, yeah. They all, they were over. all murdered. Yeah, for solving too many things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they all committed suicide they, by, by so shooting weird. themselves in the back of the head four times, <laughs> <laughs> execution style, <laughs> with their hands tied. Yep, yep. Classic suicide. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's get in late. So let's just move on yep. to the last sketch. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, this one's a bit longer um also caveat not really a sketch it's just kind of a short film let's go all right so we have three characters uh blake you are playing jake um he's a young guy he it, essentially the the shtick of the scene is your two guys working uh, working your jobs um it's very much uh you know clock in clock out kind of work but you two kind of get along um almost like a brotherly bond between the two of you um, and there's, again, no comedy um, other than the jokes you two tell each other. 
I don't uh, have to read anything in this. You don't have to read anything, oh, Logan. You're baby, good. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, you're playing Kent. You're the older guy. Um, you are a musician, and uh, I think you've seen a lot more things, and you know just a little bit more. And that kind of bothers Jake. Jake, that bothers you that he knows slightly more than you, but not like that much. So stop rubbing it in. But you still get along pretty well. Megan, you're um, a character that comes at the very end of the sketch. You can read that description. Great. Yeah, cool. All right. Interior, exterior. Jake's car, night. Jake, 24, in a beanie with a band t-shirt and some beat-up vans, is going for a night ride with Kent, 27, jean jacket, black shirt, combat boots to match. Jake is cruising with one hand on the wheel, trying to change the radio. Kent is observing the streetlights as they pass by, like a veteran astronaut watches the stars on their way to Saturn. Jake keeps fiddling with the stations, but can't seem to find the right one. Nope. No. Ugh, this again? Just turn it off. Nope. Wait, yep, this is it. The song plays out for a couple moments. It's sultry, jazzy, like something Rick Deckard and Blade Runner would play before not asking for consent. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Huh. You like them? Didn't know you were into bands that takes payments from the Chrysler Group. Ah, shit. Jake goes back to fiddling with the radio. They stop at a red light. Here. Ken turns off the radio and rolls down the window. Jake does the same with his. The light goes green and they continue on their journey. Saw my dad the other day. Yeah? Yeah. Right. Anything new? Called Christy Trash. Doesn't, doesn't like what I do for a living. Straight up. In his, uh, in his way, you know how, how parents are. You've, you've known them your whole life. Uh, so you can just look at, at you and you know, you know uh, what they want to say. I feel that. My folks stopped going to my gigs. I'm not surprised. The onstage theatrics aren't exactly boomer friendly. Yeah, I guess. But my last song was about being a responsible citizen. Figured they would have responded well to that. Why not cut them out of your life? Struggling musicians with a mediocre job can pay most of their bills. Keyword is most. Right. Jake pulls to a stop on a semi-secluded street. It's fairly residential, but you can still see the cityscape around them. Your turn. Yep. Kent hops out of the car with a clipboard while Jake stays inside. Now alone, Jake picks and flicks his nose, keeping an eye on the street. Eventually, across the street, we see a woman walking her dog. She stops and sees right into the driver's window. Jake tries to save face by waving, but he forgot to flick, so there's a fat-ass booger on his finger. (laughs) She grimaces and keeps walking. Jake frowns and watches the latest of his poor interpersonal interactions play out. Kent hurriedly rushes to the car and slams the door. Drive! What? Now! Jake throws it in gear. Just as he pulls out, an old man in a bathrobe runs behind them, throwing his slipper at the car. He's less than a blip five seconds later. Didn't take the news well, huh? They never do. Kent, are you an angry guy? No, I don't think so. Why? Do you think I get angry a lot? No, no, not at all. It's just... Okay, I'm going to go through a line of logic with you. Okay. And if it sounds weird, you need to tell me, but also I'm scared of you telling me it's weird, so keep that in mind. Right. (laughs) So, do you ever get a point in, in your life where just anything will set you off? You try and take steps to make it a good day, and maybe you set all these goals, but then, I don't know, your, your coffee doesn't taste right, or some small thought enters your brain, and it just kills any kind of hope and momentum you had. I think, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, 
I don't ever have that happen to me personally. God damn it. I knew it. But I don't think what goes on in your brain is weird. People get like that all the time. Oh, I know. It's that's that's what scares me. Your dad? More like my brother and my grandfather. And yeah, okay, my dad. Dumb, angry krauts. Always has been. Always will be. Jake, you're not your dad. Even on paper, you're only half. And paper's for old people. (laughs) Right, it's just... What we do makes my fear of becoming my parents so much more palpable. Oh, yeah. I get it, man. But take it from me. When you get older... Three years. Hey, something in you changes when you realize you're a quarter of a century. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, when you get older... You'll have so many years of your parents' triumphs and defeats. When it, when it came to raise you, your brain will know what not to do, essentially. At least, that's what I hope. And hope's all we got these days. Amen, brother. You're up. Jake pulls up to another house and hops out of the car. Kent hands the clipboard through the window. Wish me luck. Poncho. Ah, uh, come on, it's not. Just have a feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake goes to the trunk and pulls out a thick yellow plastic poncho. He throws it over his clothes and runs to the door. Kent is waiting in his car before he gets a text. Kent's eyes go wide and he dials. Two rings before the other end answers. No way. Fuck yeah, dude. All the dates are confirmed? Yeah. My girl won't mind three months on the road. She was already planning on breaking up with me. Look, I I just... No, okay? A loud gunshot. Called it. No, not you. Look, I'm at work. Gotta go. Kent hangs up as Jake walks back to the car. There's a large blood spray pattern on his poncho. Jake opens the trunk and throws a poncho in and exchanges it for a towel. He wipes his face clean as he sits back in driver's seat. Uh, I don't want to hear it. Told you so. I literally just said not to do that. Kent smirks to himself as Jake puts it in drive. They go back to driving the city streets. Just got a call from my manager. And? Three-month tour all over the U.S. and Canada. My man! When does it start? Two weeks. Thank God. I was getting sick of this job. Yeah, right. If only I could uh, fly away on tour and drum my heart out. (laughs) Best part is, we're showcasing in L.A. at the end, and we'll probably sign to a bigger label. Never have to come back here again. Oh. Hey, Jake. No, no, I get it. Just uh, hard to hear it out loud. They drive more in silence before arriving at their final destination. I'll go. I'll go with you. Okay. All right. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Poncho? Nah. Exterior, house, continuous. A knock at the door. Gerald, 62, slippers and luxurious pajamas, answers. Standing in front of him are Jake and Kent. Hello? Hello, is this uh, Gerald Willoughby? It's pronounced Willow Beefy. Who are you and why are you knocking at this hour? Sir, we're with uh, C-Tuck, and we're here to notify you that your daughter, Kendra, is now financially free from you. I'm sorry? Uh, Well, uh, Kendra Kendra has paid off the loans you co-signed. She has an insurance plan to a car she personally bought, and she no longer needs your money or any support for that matter. What? My Kendra? Yeah, uh, here's a receipt showing that uh, you can personally fuck off and stop controlling her life. And here's a card she wrote you saying, and I quote, I changed my number and blocked uh, my social media. Stop harassing me and my partner. 
goodbye forever, you old bag, end quote. Oh, my. Oh, my God. My Kendra can't listen to me anymore. She's no longer under my shadow. We hear a cock, a bang, and then Gerald's brains getting all over Jake and Kent. I know. Ponchos, Kent. Always ponchos. That was good, dude. That was really good. Austin, this this is my favorite sketch you've written. Yeah, Sam, this is really good. I'm a little... Do they... They kill them? No, he. They don't. They just. They, he kills himself. He kills himself. He kills himself. Okay, cool, cool, cool. They tell. They go and tell parents. Yeah. Hey, uh, your oh, kids don't want to fucking see okay. you anymore. Yeah. So for stupid people, because I am wildly stupid, yeah. there might need to be a little bit. Of might be more of a little clarification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they but, were killing yeah. everyone. Well, I thought because the first guy ran out. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I what I thought is that like because you know i'm assuming that this is set in the future or whatever that the ponchos are like bulletproof and so that they're trying to kill the messenger yeah when i so that's what i that's what i thought at first but then i thought the the poncho was a metaphor (laughs) correct (laughs) but then at the end i got that he killed himself yeah when 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 the first guy runs out and then the second guy you hear a gunshot and then he comes back i was like oh because we don't know about the financial thing i was like oh they're killing old people and that's right. why he's wearing that's the poncho. I was like, thinking that. only yeah. some of old people die. And I'm like, well, I wonder what the stipulation is for if old people get to live or not. Um, and then so at the end, I was like, oh, they killed him. I wonder, I wonder why they killed that guy. <laughs> it's like my gotcha. head, like, I think though that yeah. like the mystery is fine. Like, yeah, I think I just at the end I need to make more. Clear yeah, literally, just say, like, he raises a gun to his head and blows his brains out. Just literally, like words, yeah. like yeah, which is. Totally cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, that was really cool, man. Like, that was really fun. That was yeah. really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I like how the, there was subtly something happening the whole time, but the, the yeah. conversation is the dialogue between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at the end, you're like, oh, there's this whole thing they've been doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really on the cool. side, but it's really about the two of them just working. Yeah. yeah the timing was good. The, like, it's very cinematic. Very cool. yeah. Even, yeah. yeah. Very, very much. With so. the women walking by with the dog. Like, what yeah. a detail to yeah. put in there. So good, man. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked all of it, but I think the best part was how realistic the uh, dialogue was. I think that that's something that I have trouble with. So, uh, definitely noticed that, uh, well, I guess how easy it was to read. Yeah. So yeah. very the trick supernatural. Is copy all the conversations. Supernatural. Supernatural. Oh. This is actually my <laughs> spec script for yeah, yeah. This Jared is Supernatural Padalecki season six. And Jensen Ackles. And it's on Misha season Collins. like 27. Is it? Yeah. I don't it's actually. Like season 15. I think they actually are like almost to 20. Are they really? Yeah, because Jensen Ackles is getting close to 50. That's not a joke. He, when they started the show, he was like, I think, 26 or 27. He's still keeping it tight, though. He's going to be oh, in this sketch dog, pretty soon. I would soon. give it up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Damn. Aside from making the, the ending clear, like we talked about, I mean, this really felt like... It, it feels like a, like a slice-of-life movie mm-hmm. set in the future. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, I've had this conversation, but not in this context, obviously, because this is... Yeah. Well, if we try Not to tie now, them all but... together, it could go... I yeah, guess, we're like, straight vibing, dude. In order of events, it could be me, Blake, uh-huh. Jimmy, and then Logan and Megan happen at the same time. I think like chronologically. Yeah. I think yeah. like, mine's like two years in the future, and then Blake happens like something, the botched assassination leads to Jimmy's thing. Yeah. And because of that world-ending event, so much change had to happen 
that Logan and Megan's well, world. Well, all of this exists. is essentially what would happen if the libs ran the government. Am I hey, right, people? Hey, this, right, people? this is the future liberals want. Bow. Yes. Horny Jeffrey, jail. <laughs> Jeffrey yes. Epstein running an incarceration facility oh, that yeah. houses both 13-year-olds and 45-year-old sex criminals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just let them run free. They just let them go. It's insane. He, they bear... They they sleep in burrows under the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's just like, start digging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, well good week, guys. I good really, I really week. enjoyed this week. Yeah, it was yeah, really fun. Oh, it was nice. cathartic for me. The group mind is heavy um, this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. The group mind. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. do the credits now. Do you like chicken? Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Danger Junior Writer's Room is a Danger Junior production. Come suck. Produced by Austin Zessen, Logan Baggerly, Megan Castleberry, Jimmy D, and Blake Brown. Come suck. Engineering by Jim D and Blake Brown. Come suck. Edited by Austin Zessen. Come suck. Theme song by Blake Brown, Jimmy D, and Logan Baggerly. Come suck. Make sure to follow this show... And all Danger Junior Productions at DangerJRPR on Twitter and Instagram. That's Danger Junior Productions spelled DangerJRPR on Twitter and Instagram. Come sock. All right, she dead now. Bye-bye.